0: Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on this February 3rd. My name is Mike Grauber, and I'm one of the investment writers at Julius Baer in Zurich. Today, we cover the usual markets roundup. Our head of FX and PM Solutions Geneva, Tim Gege, will delve into currencies after a big week for central banks. Manuel Villegas from Next Generation Research will give us the latest on the world of digital assets. But first, as always, on what has been moving markets. The S&P 500 rose 1.5% and the Nasdaq rallied 3.3% yesterday, propelled by a 23% surge in Meta platforms as the company announced that it will take on its cost issues and investors bet that rates are soon at peak levels. This was a stellar reversal for Meta after stock fell out of favor last year. But this morning, U.S. equity futures are indicated lower as Apple, Amazon, Amazon, and Alphabet are likely to fall at the open after reporting lackluster Q4 results as slower growth is making its way through the economy. Over to Europe, the ECB lifted rates as expected by 50 basis points yesterday and indicated that it would add another hike of that magnitude, but the yield on the 10-year German government bonds nevertheless sank as traders bet the ECB will need to slow the pace of interest rate increases. This is as the inflation shock is abating and growth is cooling. With this backdrop, the Eurostox 50 managed to gain 1.7% yesterday. Including dividends, it's now above its end of 2021 level. This morning, equity futures in Europe are pointing towards more of a flat opening. The dollar rose also yesterday, while precious metals fell in a reversal to the previous day's move. One interesting observation, gold reached a new high in pound sterling terms. We will get all on currencies and the Bank of England, which also raised rates yesterday, from Tim Gege in a minute. On to China, there the border between Hong Kong and mainland China will fully reopen next week for the first time in three years. And the Kaixing Services Purchasing Manager Index rose to 52.9 in January from 48 in December, indicating an increased sense of optimism at companies in China on activity going forward. But Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index is not following this positive news, but rather US overnight tank earnings. It was down 1.5% when I last looked. Later on, we will also get The services purchasing managers' data for Spain, Italy, Brazil, and the U.S., where U.S. jobs data is also on the tape. Expectations are that the U.S. added 189,000 new payrolls in January, down from 223,000 in December. So that's all from me. And now over to you, Tim. What is your take on how the currency markets reacted to all the central bank action this week? Good morning. Thanks, Mike. Well,
1: according to my dictionary also known as Google. A truism is a statement that is obviously true and says nothing new or interesting. Examples include, you get what you pay for, always get a second opinion, and of course, buy the rumor, sell the fact. The thing about truisms is that they are so blindingly obvious that we quite often seem to forget them and end up getting punched in the face by them as a result. Welcome to the first week of February. What did we learn this week from the central bank round? The Fed hikes 25 basis points, trying to sound sort of hawkish so as not to show their hand. The ECB are hawkish, and will do further 50 basis point hikes to go along with this as those move. And the Bank of England are between a rock and a hard place, and will probably hike more, but really are quite worried about what's going on and are trying to talk things down a little. So what would you have expected from all that then? Logically, a weaker dollar, a stronger euro, and the pound rather directionless. Well, we had exactly that in the run-up to the central bank meetings. So once we confirmed that there were none of Donald Rumsfeld's famous unknown unknowns, the market said, thank you very much, and did the opposite. Hence why we find euro dollar 150 points lower than the high, which was just after the Fed, and gold pulling back. Although as Mike mentioned, in sterling terms, we did indeed see a new high in gold yesterday, make of that what you will. I think, however, that the market is rather catching its breath. I do not think we are going to have a big turnaround, although some more range trading would be quite welcome as it provides opportunities that one-way traffic does not. I would rather be inclined to look for opportunities to sell dollars on this rally, especially if it extends out a bit. Clearly the message here is buy on dips, and it's rather the same story in cable. Volatility remains quite interesting, so reverse convertibles can look good. I would always look for a coupon that is at least twice the cash rate, otherwise it's not really worth it. For gold, I did see an idea circulating this morning around a pivot tarth gives you the chance to sell gold higher up, but also to pick up some more at a lower price depending on what spot does. I would only look at such an idea if I was already long gold. Being short metals is a big no-no, but with this little dip in spot the levels do look good. Today as usual for the first Friday of the month is non-farm payrolls. Wednesday's ADP number would suggest a disappointment is on its way, but the correlation between the two numbers is shaky at best. And a big miss in either direction could trigger a bit more volatility to end the week. Look very carefully at your positioning and see how you can take advantage of a move. Either way is my advice. But I would prefer to stick to either short dollars or at worst, flat. I do not think it is yet time to really look at buying dollars unless you are looking for some very short-term gains. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the weekend and back to you,
0: Mike. Thank you very much, Tim, for your thoughts. Digital assets have seen an enormous rally this year after true annus horribilis last year. Now, so Manuel, we look forward to your update on this uh, ever fast changing industry. Good
2: morning, Mike. So macroeconomic headwinds have eased and the less punishing US Fed is bringing back some of the risk capital for digital asset investors. But the most anticipated event in the space is the upcoming Shanghai fork on the Ethereum blockchain. Why is that important? So the upgrade will bring back liquidity to those that have been staking the asset since December 2020, making a sizable tranche of the total supply now liquid. Stakers are those that are directly or indirectly validating the proof-of-stake chain. By committing 32 ETH to a smart contract to activate validator software, around 17 million Ethereum have been staked, which represents around 14% of the total supply. With the upgrade, over 1 million in accumulated rewards can be withdrawn at once, and 23,400 will be able to be withdrawn on a daily basis. Even though a large portion of the stakers have voluntarily committed their assets at higher price points, last year's liquidity crisis will potentially lead some to withdraw the assets and write down the losses. Lido, which is a liquid staking provider and the largest holder of staked ETH, rallied strongly more recently. They provide staking pools and they give retail investors the capacity to invest and stake without needing the 32 ETH. They produce derivative tokens representing a claim on the assets. And these tokens go by the tickers of STEs or WSTEs. One is rebasable and the other one is not. Both are liquid, with plenty of deaths in the largest liquidity pools and are currently one of the safest collateral types of assets that you can use in lending protocols. The rally is driven by the opening of new doors for Ethereum holders that were at first reluctant to stake because of the liquidity constraints. Even though the Ethereum upgrade will likely solve the largest issue with staking, and even though we believe the asset class has left the worst behind, we reiterate our assessment that more regulation and better governance will be required to restore confidence in cryptos. Eventually, this should lead to a more developed market and a level playing field between decentralized finance and traditional finance. Back to
0: you, Mike. Thanks a lot, Manuel. Very interesting comments. This concludes today's show. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Goodbye, and please tune in for the Monday show when our technical analysts will give their take on the markets.
1: The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to wwwjuliusbearcom forward legal forward podcasts for further other important legal information. For unsere deutschsprachigen zuhörer we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German.
2: Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.